Auburn is not a place, it is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than a college sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's Oak Trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid in the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. War Eagle Auburn family and welcome back to Auburn Roots. This is our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your Auburn family members. On episode 29, we're going to be getting to talk to someone who is very closely connected with Auburn University, the athletic program, and more specifically, the spirit of Auburn University's athletic program. On today's episode, I'm, wel- I'm pleased to welcome Miss Letitia Duro, the uh, spirit leader, I guess is the way I'm going to describe her as. She has many more titles, the director of community relations and the spirit squad, but I'm happy to have her as my guest here on Auburn Roots. So Letitia, welcome. Hey, Kyle, War Eagle. War Eagle to you. And I thank you for hopping on a podcast with a random dude uh, who wants to, you know, talk about your Auburn story. And thank uh, you I, for inviting me. Of course, of course. You know, as I told you pre show, there are many people who have said, I need to speak with you about your Auburn story because obviously you are, like I said, you're very well connected. Uh, you you spend a lot of time in the background with some stuff that maybe doesn't necessarily get seen and what makes uh, Auburn Athletics, but Auburn University is so uh, very special. And we're going to get into all that today. But what I'd like to do and what I usually start with our guest is to get to know a little bit out of you outside of Auburn. So could you kind of tell me where you're from originally? Anything from, you know, if I sat you down on couch, tell me about your childhood. Uh, let me uh, get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, I am from Kennedy, Alabama which is a little small town of about 500 people in West Alabama. It's close to Tuscaloosa and Columbus, Mississippi. And my parents still live there. I have one brother and niece and a nephew. Um, I have loved Auburn since I was little. And so when I was thinking about college, I applied here. And I came here as a freshman in 1989. And I've pretty much been here since then. (laughs) So it's pretty exciting. Kind of gets into your blood and infects you, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? I can't even imagine living anywhere else. When I was a student, I always said, I wish I could live there and not go to class to study. And so now I get to do that. It's pretty neat. You have definitely found the sweet deal there. I think there's many Auburn students that have found that to be a wish of theirs and have uh, not been able to accomplish that just yet. But you have definitely found a sweet spot that many of us are very envious of. So Kennedy, Alabama. I'll be honest with you, it's the first time I've ever heard of Kennedy, Alabama. You said it's near Tuscaloosa, Mississippi. Uh Something I'm always interested in hearing about for an Auburn family perspective, what's it like being an Auburn fan so close to Tuscaloosa? It's really kind of funny because anytime we win big, I always want to make sure they see my car tags. And (laughs) unfortunately, I do have some Alabama family members. And so... I don't talk a lot of trash, but they always seem to. So I will try to make sure I just see them during the holidays on those years that we win. Um, So I can just give them a big war eagle because, you know, they're saying their little words to me all the time. That's a very common thing. I think I've converted a lot of people too. Yeah. A few more Auburn fans up in that 
area since I've been at Auburn. Yeah, it seems to be spreading a little bit. And, you know, I find the the trend tends to be people tend to convert to Auburn as opposed to con- convert to Alabama. I don't know what that says. It <laughs> says something, but I don't know what it is. Um, but I can imagine, you know, just growing up in that area, having to live with that being the predominant fandom, the predominant sports uh team there mm-hmm. what about mississippi you're really close to mississippi did you have yeah, a lot of those we have type some there? family members who are mississippi state grads as well that's not as tough of a rivalry for us um, as tuscaloosa is but um, we do have some state fans in the family too well, that's awesome. You know, we don't usually get to talk about Mississippi a lot. I think they get forgotten sometimes in the SEC. <laughs> They're over there next to Alabama and Auburn and kind of smashed in when they're with LSU and Texas A&M and Arkansas. So it's nice to mention that, hey, they're there sometimes, you know. <laughs> they're pretty decent schools, too. Um, how about this, though? You said growing up, you were a lifelong Auburn fan. Family dynamic, you already mentioned there's some Alabama fans mixed in there. But what's your intermediate family like? Mom, dad, is that, are they Auburn fans? They are. They are. I converted them. Uh, my stepdad actually was a principal and he graduated from Arkansas. Um, and then he has a specialist degree from Mississippi State. Um, but most of my immediate family are now Auburn. My brother came to Auburn for a little while and my cousin came to Auburn for a little while as well. So I was very excited to convert them to Auburn fans as well. It's, it's interesting. You keep bringing up conversions and I love it because it just suits you for your role that you're in now with director of community relations. It just, you know, your role is to reach out to the community now and bring these people into the Auburn family. And you've been exactly. doing this your entire life. Oh That's yeah. Awesome. You got to spread some Auburn love out there and just be real nice to them. And then they'll want to come over to our side. Absolutely. So from childhood, what are some things that you remember being an Auburn fan, uh, some big games or big moments, or even if they're not some of the bigger, more obvious ones out there, like some special memories you have of growing up as an Auburn fan? You know, the Iron Bowl, that's always a memory that we've all had. Um, I remember watching it on TV when it was in Birmingham and not understanding why it was in Birmingham when Alabama played some of their home games in Legion Field. So that's one of my earliest ones. And then Um, The basketball team, the men's team was really good when I was in high school and you would see them in the NCAA tournament. And then um, right before I got here in 88, I believe it was women's basketball started their three trips Mm -hmm. to the finals game. And so I remember watching it. And then um, when I was a student, I worked in the basketball offices some. So I got to meet Coach Champy and be around him and all of the players then. So it's really just neat to now be a part of all of that in person and mm-hmm. to have opportunity to work at our athletic events and see all the things that I've seen on TV um, as a little girl to be ex- able to experience those things in a person is pretty amazing. And I always tell my kids, cheerleaders, um, that every time I walk into the stadium, I am just as excited as I was in 89 as a freshman walking in there for the Mm -hmm. very first time. And I was a freshman in 89 when the Iron Bowl came here for the first time. Wow. Just remember, you know, all the emotions and all the people and um, Tiger Walk, you could not see you know, the ground, because there was just so many people packed in there. 
so excited for the big game. So it's kind of full circle to be able to um, be around everybody and yeah. our events, you know, now every day as my real job. It's interesting that you brought that up. And I want to jump forward real quick and they'll come all the way back in your story. But since you brought it up, the 89 Iron Bowl, I've asked one other person this previously. I can't remember who it was and what episode it was. It's, it's escaping me right now. But what I've described is the 2013 Iron Bowl, the kick six. Mm-hmm. There, even before the game, there was this electricity. I was there. It just, there was something in the air, even the night before the days leading up to it. I can only imagine, and I, I was born, but I was not a coherent you know, adult. Uh, I was still probably what, I don't know how old I was, but uh, it, not enough to understand the magnitude of the, the 89 game. So in your opinion, 89, 2013, how does that compare? Was there a bigger electricity in the air for one or the other? Or is there any comparison? I really think 89, there's no comparison to it because it was just the first time. And you could see the emotion just in the players' eyes and then every interview you saw that day and um, Coach Die, you know, you felt like he's about to cry any minute now um, because he brought this game here to our campus. And then just seeing like little children and older alums just all so excited um, to be able to host them here on our campus. And it was just amazing. And then mm-hmm. going into the game, you know, I remember, and everybody talks about it, but the shaker dust, um, because they're paper shakers back then. And you just saw that just kind of like snow from the sky because it was everywhere because everybody was so excited. And, you know, you just shook your shaker so hard. So I think really that year, just because, um, it seemed like Auburn had waited forever um, mm-hmm. to be able to host that game. And then um, for us to win it, too, you know, you just couldn't have written a better story. Do you miss the paper shakers? Do you still wish we had those? I do not <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's just uh, get everywhere. And I wear contacts and they get in eyes, too. So I'm like, no, I do not miss the paper shakers. <laughs> it was you know, a very lot of people unique. every year want to bring those back and like do not talk to me i am not the girl to bring those back and you're like i've seen this you know it was great one time Let, let's exactly. let's not do that again you know that's the special memory that needs to be in 89 and let's never do that again <laughs> for sure <laughs> all right well let's go back just a little bit and let me ask you you know you, you've said from the very get-go here it was auburn all the way was there any moment or opportunity for you to go somewhere else for school that you kind of considered? No, there really wasn't. Um, I didn't know, though, if I would be able to come straight here out of high school or um, if I would have to go to a junior college first. My parents were divorced when I was little, and I just didn't know if we'd be able to afford for me to come straight here. Um my mom said, you know, she'd do her best. If I wanted to come here, we'd figure it out. And I worked for years as a student, as a tour guide for Auburn as well. So that kind of helped pay for expenses too. But um, there wasn't, I mean, I was just so sure that I was going to come here. I didn't even apply anywhere else. So um, I did not do a good job with a backup plan if I didn't get accepted. But um, thank goodness I got accepted and got to start here as a freshman. Well, you know, yes, it might be smart to have 
a backup plan. However, there's something to be said about being so singularly focused on a goal, especially, you know, it's not like it was a bad idea to go to Auburn's a great school, you know, obviously mm-hmm. for academics and athletics and just the whole experience of a, of a full college experience. But being so singularly focused for something, I'm sure gave you the drive to make it happen and gave your parents the drive to make it happen for you as well. And I'm sure there were some very hard things that you guys had and sacrifices they and you had to make to get here. But here you are now. And you have this legacy of love that started within your family and kind of built it to your time now here at Auburn. Um, So we're so happy that you're here and part of this family now because you've got so many great things that we've got to get moving here and touch on because you've got an awesome, great story here. All right. So you arrive in Auburn in 90 or excuse me, 89. Mm-hmm. We've already touched on that. You experienced the very first iron bowl. You know, every time I talk to somebody and, hear about their first iron bowl experience or their first big game experience i'm like always amazed like nobody will top that but your first iron bowl as a student is that game and you know i know we could talk about that forever so i won't keep harping on that let's talk about a little bit about you coming into school you graduated with a psychology degree is that what you started with Uh uh-huh it is majored in it from day one and that when i was about i guess a junior I was like, you know, I don't really want to work in that. I just want to work for Auburn. Um, and so I like, okay, if I can find a position, I think I'll just stay there. And I was very lucky. And um, as I said, I worked as a tour guide for my four years. And um, at that time, we had pre-college counseling. It was before Kent War Eagle. Um, and I had an opportunity to work summers with pre-college counseling. And I was an orientation leader my senior year. And I was lucky enough that and they all liked me and liked the job that I did. And they created a position for me as an admissions counselor. So I graduated that summer and then I worked with them temporary services um, until my new job started on October 1st when the budget year started. Mm-hmm. So it was just amazing. So um, after that, I was like, you know, I think I just want to work for Auburn my entire life and I pretty much did that. I I did leave for a year and a half after I'd been here for about five years. I decided I wanted to see the world outside of Kennedy and Auburn. And so I went all the way to Tallahassee because the world is Tallahassee. (laughs) Um, I worked at Florida State University in admissions for a year and a half. But um, after I'd been there for probably about three months, I was like, you know, I just don't think this is it for me. So I I'm going to figure out a way to get back to Auburn. Um, and after a year and a half, I, I came back and started working in the freshman year experience office, um, coordinating the Auburn experience classes at that time, and then also being on the Kent Oregon staff. Mm-hmm. So what was the biggest difference between Auburn and Florida State? You know, I think the main thing in my mind was, you know, everybody is really friendly here. And they think they're really friendly, um, but they're friendly compared to maybe people in Miami. You know, we're friendly to everybody everywhere. Um, It's just a big difference, I felt, in Auburn friendly and feeling at home and what other schools probably have. Mm -hmm. You know, you walk on our campus and you can feel like just from the people that you talk to, like, this is my home. Mm -hmm. did not get that really there, even though everybody was nice. And it was it was great to see the world as I thought um, I needed to. Um, but I 
quickly discovered that I was at home at Auburn and that's where I needed to be. Yeah, it's an interesting trajectory that you had. Little Kennedy, Alabama, you know, on the Mississippi line, small town Auburn, which is probably, I've never been to Kennedy, so I don't know, maybe a little bit of a step up because there's a big university there. And then you go, then you go to a state capital of Florida, you know, so Uh if the trajectory had kept going, I don't know where you would end up because it was kind of just slowly, slowly getting bigger. Uh, But you found your way back to Auburn. Uh, And it's, it's the story that I hear a lot of time. A lot of people have already made that transition already back and are trying to Mm -hmm. right now. I'll be honest, my wife and I would love to do that someday. Uh, But uh, we'll, we'll see if that happens. You you mentioned that you were a campus tour guide. I think I've Mm -hmm. talked to at least one other person that's been one of those. So take me, Back to those times, say I was in your tour group, where would you take me first to show me how great Auburn is? Well, we did it two ways. The first couple of years, we just walked them all around campus. And then the last two years, we started going to the Eagle's Nest and showing them the top of Hay, the campus from the top of Haley Center. And so the walking tour was my favorite, even though I love the top of Haley because you could see everything and see into the town. But um, I think the more Auburn people you see um, as you're walking around campus and the more people that say hello or War Eagle to families as they visited, um, the more they felt like this could be their home too. Um, so I always wanted to show them um, Foy, which was the student center at that time, um, just because you'd always see students hanging out there that you knew would greet them and say War Eagle. And then everybody wants to know where you're going to eat. So you could show them downstairs to where the cafeteria was at that time that everybody kind of hung out at and ate at. And then Haley Center was a great place to go into because the bookstore was there because you knew they wanted to buy some gear. Um, And then you knew that they'd have some freshman classes in Haley Center Mm -hmm. as well. So you could kind of tell them um, a little bit about that and the parents could kind of see where they would be. And then you always want to try to get as close to the stadium as you can because that is pretty impressive and everybody wants to see where the football team plays. Um, And then our last stop was usually um, the Eagles cage, which was on campus at that time. Um, So you could go there and show them the Eagle before you wrapped up. So those were some highlights that you always wanted to try to get into every tour. Mm -hmm. Now, did you often take them over to Tumor's Corner and maybe to Tumor's Drugs to get a lemonade? No, we didn't. Um, usually, we would tell them about Tumor's, but since that was technically off campus, that of was not a part of our tour. I figured that was going to be the case, but at least you, you drove people that direction. To me, I think if you needed any other selling point, if the stadium didn't do it for you, if the Eagle, the people didn't do it for you, just go get you a Tumor's Lemonade and come sit back on Sanford Lawn and you'll be fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, when I was here, too, um, the flush was so big. So we told them about the flush and going to get some ice cream from the flush and kind of pointed them in that direction when they left Tumor's. So I got to know, and, you know, everybody keeps bringing up the flush here on this series, and I was never blessed enough to experience it. What was so good about it? I mean, like, was it just the only spot to go for that type of thing? Or was it really just that good? I think it was the only spot to go. (laughs) Um, I didn't really eat there a lot, but it was just kind of fun to hang out. Mm -hmm. You would walk down there. We had free movies at Langdon Hall. Mm -hmm. So we would go to the free movies and then go to the flush or go to the flush and then go to the free movies as entertainment. Mm -hmm. I think it was more just a hangout spot with friends 
more than you were worried about the food or ice cream there. The more I'm hearing about the flush these days is what I would equivalent it to is the varsity over here at Georgia Tech because it's right across the street from campus. And uh-huh. it's kind of one of those things people would go after games and kind of go over there. And it's just obviously it's a much bigger thing than the flush ever was going to be. But that's the best thing that I can come up to it, especially I think some of our Atlanta listeners will say oh well maybe that's kind of what it, if they never mm-hmm. experienced the flush themselves so we i had to stop on that because i mean literally it is becoming the most common theme now, it's either that or i got lost in the haley seniors speaking of which as a student did you ever get lost in there i really didn't because they gave us a little code and then you know what i always did and i told my kids that came to tours before classes start you need to go find all your classes so that um, you will know exactly where and you won't be late the first day because you're having to find your classes. So Mm -hmm. for every semester I had my schedule out and I walked and found all of my classes and I pretty much took the same steps every single day so that I would not get lost going to my classes and I wouldn't be late. See, I needed you as my tour guide because I did get lost in Haley Center. (laughs) And if it wasn't for some helpful souls out there, I probably would still be there to this day. Uh, lost in the vortex that is the Haley Center. Oh my Center. goodness. Yeah, you got to just walk it beforehand. And then once you find it, you'll always know where to go. Absolutely. It, it'll trick some people up though. You know, it's one of those things too. I think people, it's, there's a love-hate relationship with Haley Center because it's this mon- monstrosity on campus, mm-hmm. but it's almost the lovable monstrosity. I think if anybody ever tried to get rid of it, and I don't, you know, you may be more privy to plans for the university but you know if that ever happened i can imagine there would be a a big uprising of support uh to keep the haley center because it's kind of the thing you love to hate but you still hate how much you love it Uh uh-huh you're exactly right maybe a little bit more about um your academics at um, auburn you were a psychology major obviously you kind of wanted to go into something a little bit different and work for the university directly but what do you remember about those courses and your time taking some of those classes at auburn um, I had great professors. Um, I, for one summer, worked with a professor, like doing some research, mm-hmm. helping her. Um, I don't remember a lot about the research because it's been so many years ago, but um, I remember we had to watch mice and record some things every day for her. And she was amazing to work with. And um, I feel like they just took a lot of time and invested in you. Mm-hmm. And that was different from what I expected because when I was looking at Auburn and, you know, you used to go to the college fairs, um, all of the small schools would always say, come to us because we'll have smaller classes and, and, you know, people will know who you are and you'll get lost if you go to a big state school. And I actually felt the opposite of that um, after I got out of the core classes because Um, You know, when I was in my major classes, I just felt like you got a lot of individual attention and your professors really invested in you and wanted you to succeed. Mm -hmm. And and so they were great. And it was just, like I said, different than I had been told it would be at a big Mm -hmm. university. I'm glad you brought that up because I think there is that kind of, I won't call it a misconception, but at least the idea out there that if you do go to a big school, you will get lost. And there may be some truth to that in their first couple of years where you are just a small fish in a humongous pond. But do, as you said, as you get throughout a lot of your time there, as you get maybe into your core classes, the more focused classes, you become 
less you become more specialized obviously as a mm-hmm. student but you be, it's not that you become more important to the professors but then they see that you've put in the work to be here that to get through all of this stuff that maybe necessarily you didn't enjoy and now you're here's like now let me pour into you now mm-hmm. let me invest into you and i found that to be the case myself you know i remember sitting in i think it was like genetics 101 and just this giant hall and i was like this guy doesn't even know who i am in here i'm just another guy to pass a test to but then like, you know, a year later, I'm sitting in a class of 20 people, if that, uh-huh. focusing on a little bit uh, of something more focused subject matter. And then he, you'd have personal attention. They'd invite you to come to their office. So I'm glad that you echoed that. And uh, a lot of people, I think that's fears of coming to a big school like that because they might feel like they may not get that special attention that they, they need. And I think you just got to find your place, you know, whether that be in academics, you know, we always talk about how many clubs um, and activities you can get involved in. I think there's a place for everyone. You just got to figure out where your place is. Mm-hmm. Once you find your place in your people, you know, it'll be really just the best experience of your life. And is probably why so many of us want to live here and work here every day and not really leave. Absolutely. Now we talked a little bit about uh, missions. We talked about you being part of the tour team. What other um, groups or uh, clubs or anything did you get involved in on campus or did you even have time to? I did. I was a Duncan Darling and that was the basketball hostess group. So when I came as a freshman, I just saw a, um, a flyer on campus that talked about being involved with basketball and I think it was like we started school in September and in October, I signed up for an interview and I got to interview with Coach Tommy Joe Eagles and Susan the Nun Nunley. Yeah. Um, and I was selected. So I was a Dunkin' Dollar for four years. Um, and we basically just cheered for the basketball team at games. And then um, we helped out in the office. Um, you know, decorated hotel rooms if they had a recruit coming in. Um, and just, I kind of found a good place and figured out that I could be a part of athletics, even though I was not an athlete. Mm-hmm. That was pretty neat. You know, I went to all the basketball games, just men and women, just like I went to all the football games. Um, and it was really great. And then um, once I graduated, you know, Coach Champy still called me to give tours to his recruits for a long time. And I would uh, meet with some of the guys' recruits and their parents to tell them about Auburn. So um, it was great to still be connected and to be connected with athletics that way. I was a cheerleader in high school, but I, all girls team, you know, we didn't have guys. And so I knew I wasn't going to cheer in college, but I'm really just making the connection with Susan Nunley that October after I started in September. And then her being so great, and that kind of led me to parts of my job now that I mm-hmm. And it's a great segue, and I think we should talk about that now. So, And you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's fair to say that you are now what would amount to the leader of the Tiger Paws and the Auburn Cheer uh, squad. Is, is that correct way to uh-huh, say that? That's correct. I um, lead the chillers every day. Helen Baggett is our Tiger Ball coach, so I just oversee their program, but um, it is great. Um, we have 
20 Tiger Paws, 21 cheerleaders, and um, I just say everybody's my kids. I don't have kids in my real life, so but I always say kids, and people are like, how many kids does she have? She keeps talking about these kids. I'm like, well, I'm talking about the cheerleaders and the Tiger Paws because they are my kids, but um, it's just great. Um, I am the like, day-to-day coach for the cheerleaders, and then um, I just assist the Tiger Paws with whatever they need, and then on game days, I mean, if you, you've ever seen me, you know, I have a headset on. And so I'm on with marketing and the band and the control booth. And we just kind of make sure that we're doing the best we can to create the best atmosphere um, for our fans and for our teams as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that you do have a little experience yourself in cheerleading. Did you ever think that you would be leading a cheer, much less the Auburn cheer team? You know, when I was in high school, if somebody would have asked me what I was going to do, I would have probably said, I'm going to be a high school cheer coach. That's what I kind of thought in the back of my mind. You know, my mom was a cheerleader. My aunt was a cheerleader. Then I was a cheerleader. And so I just assumed that one day I'd be running a high school cheerleader program. And so um, it's kind of funny now to think about it when I think, that was a little small dream because now I get to run the Auburn University cheerleaders and um, just help them with whatever they need. So it's just amazing to be able to do that every day. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Could you take me a little bit, and obviously I know there's too much that happens during a week for you to really cover it all in great detail, but just as an overview, like let's say this is a football week, you know, this is a Monday, what would a week leading up to the actual football game be like for you? Well, we during the fall would practice Monday through Thursday nights. We practice for two hours a night. Um, and then we also, a big focus of our squad is doing events in the community. Mm-hmm. In the fall, we would normally have three to four appearances is what we call them during the week. And that could be anything from going to a daycare to do a pet rally for little kids to going to a nursing home and doing a pet rally and visiting some of the residents there um, to going on campus and doing some cheers at Hay Day um, or our UPC event. 
And so we would practice every night and then we have two to three to four to five appearances, depending on how busy the week is. And then during the fall, we also cheer at volleyball. And so we'll have volleyball mixed in. And then on Saturdays, we get to the stadium four hours before kickoff and, and we set up. So if you've seen us, you know, we have our big flags, we have signs we use, and then we have our sound system to get set up. So we go right in and get all of that stuff done. And then we eat um, at our tailgate for about 45 minutes or so with the cheerleaders' parents. And then we have a picture time where we can take a lot of group pictures. And then we head to the study and then drop everything off um, before we head up to the top of the hill for Tiger Walk. Mm. And then on game days, we try to do appearances on campus. So we split up into three groups and hit a lot of spots where we can see fans and they can get pictures with the chillers and tiger paws. And then after that, we head to Spirit March and the Four Corners Pet Rally. And then that's normally puts us about an hour before kickoff. And then we go into the stadium, we warm up and we um, get ready to run our team out with the flags. So mm-hmm pretty busy week and then normally on um, Sundays we'll have volleyball or as we get toward the end of football season on Sundays there's women's basketball that starts up yeah it's a very busy time for us and you know that's what I'm thinking about here is you your squad literally goes to every athletic event and not just athletic event you show up as you said community events other events mm-hmm. that are happening on campus so literally when do you guys sleep <laughs> Um, you know, they don't need as much sleep as I do because I'm way older than them, but they do have to go home and study. So at least I don't have to study when I finally get home, but you know, it's so much fun. Um, you know, one of the things that I stress is that, you know, we are Auburn to anybody that meets us. So, um, you know, a lot of like the little kids at some of the daycares don't have an opportunity to come to a lot of our games. So, um, a cheerleader may be their first person that they ever meet that really is Auburn to them. Um, so you want to just make sure that you are representing Auburn very, very well and sharing your love for Auburn to them um, as you meet them at an event. And one thing that I love to do is we pass up all these stickers to everybody that we see. So I carry them in my purse. I give them to them as we're going. And, you know, they we just give out those all stickers to everybody so um people will see me at the grocery store at tj maxx and say didn't you give me a sticker like we sure did um you know you just want them to have a little piece of of auburn and little kids love stickers so they'll remember that forever absolutely you know it's always funny to me when we go to uh, a fan day or an autograph sign or something like that obviously everybody flocks to the athletes you know they're kind of the big thing but what always amazes me is the crowd and i mean crowd that comes to your team, not just to the cheerleaders, but to the tiger paws. And it's mm-hmm. obviously you said it's like a lot, it's a lot of little children a lot of the times. And I don't think people appreciate that. That's where somebody's love of Auburn usually begins is something like that. Someone who maybe was quote unquote, a little bit more accessible than maybe an athlete might be. We always mm-hmm. look to the great athletes and stuff like that, but we forget that sometimes that our love for Auburn starts with some of the more, I won't call it commonplace because it's not, but more accessible things such as coming up to a cheerleader and getting an Obby sticker or Mm -hmm. hearing their story about why they love Auburn so much. So that's why I love what you do 
but what your teams actually do as well, because it's an important service to obviously Auburn, but the community as well. You mentioned Aubie. Mm -hmm. You, I'm sure, have a very close relationship with that tiger. Give me a little perspective. What's he like? Oh, he is great and the funniest tiger ever. Um, you know, he just won his 10th national championship, so we're all so proud of him. Um, you know, Albie is under SGA here on our campus, and so I work closely with Corey Edwards, who is the Albie advisor, and, and they travel with us, and, and we kind of think of Albie as a part of our squad as well. Uh, so it's just fun to kind of hang out with him. You know, anytime you are in a bad mood, if you see Albie, your mood will instantly be excited and you'll be happy because he'll make you smile and laugh. Um, he's just fun to be around somebody who loves Auburn as much as Albie does. Yeah, if he can't put a smile on your face, I, don't, I can't help you. You're just uh, exactly. Fortunately, you're just going to be an, an unhappy person. <laughs> exactly. He makes all of us smile and happy no matter what our age is. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, a little bit of community appearances that you guys do. What's your favorite one that you've done maybe in the past or, or one that you guys do often that you like to do outside of campus? Now, one of my very favorites is going to do a pet rally at Head Start. Mm -hmm. There's a, a local one, and um, I didn't know really much about Head Start when I started this job, but um, it is like a daycare for underprivileged children and a lot of them don't get an opportunity to come to our game. So they make signs for us, and they they make shakers, which um, when we were in elementary school, we did this, but you take a, like a Coke can, you put rocks in it, and then you put paper around it and draw on it. And so when we go into that, when they always have their can shakers and their signs, and they are in orange and blue, and they are so excited to see us, and it, it just makes your day. Um, one of the events, we didn't get to go last year because of COVID, but um, two years ago, I captured a picture of, and it's probably my favorite picture that I've taken all time, but there's a little boy who's hugging Cooper, one of our male cheerleaders, and you can just see the love from Cooper to him and him to Cooper, and it's just so special, and you felt like every kid there um, you help them love Auburn um, because they just were so excited to see you. I mean, it, it feels like you're a rock star when you walk in there because they are so excited. So that's one of my very favorite ones every single year because the kids are like that every single year. And um, a few years ago, they were in the Boykin Center and they had a senior citizens group who met there too. And so they came to the pet rally too. And so you had a spectrum of ages, but it was just all people who loved Auburn. So it was just really neat. To yeah. Probably my favorite. Another one of my all-time favorites was when we went out to California for the football national championship. Mm -hmm. The band set up and included the cheerleaders, and we did a parade through Disney. And so you always see the when you go to Disney just as a spectator um, doing the parades. And for one day, the cheerleaders, and the and Albie and the Auburn University marching band, uh, we were the talent there going through. That was really neat too, because all your life you hear about Mickey and Ms. Minnie and all of Disney, and we got to be in a parade there. Mm -hmm. You know, my family we're personally a very big Disney fans, but I would pick Albie 
over them any day of the week. If I, in fact, if I could just make a request to Disney, can we just have Obby, you know, and the cheerleaders in the parade instead of the characters? That would be great. <laughs> I think we could mix it up, but that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> it was great. It's just something that you dream of as a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> Go to Disney and just see the characters and Cinderella's my favorite. Um, but we got to be rock stars going through that day as well. Now, I'm going to make a special request here because I know that you do so much behind the scenes, and I can't tell you how grateful we are for that. And I'm sure people express that to you, but I want to make sure that we share that here, too. But you have an infectious spirit for the Auburn family that I think a lot of us are envious of. Can I request, and our Mike men, they do a great job out there to football. Can Can I guess or just request that you maybe go up there and lead us one time in a football game? <laughs> Probably not going to happen. <laughs> I could do it. I always tell them, don't make me have to be the mic man today, but um, I think it's better coming from a male louder voice. Sure. Sure. You know, I have a pretty loud voice, but probably not going to happen. But maybe right before I retire, whenever yeah. that is, I'll get on the mic man stand and I'll do a body getter for everybody. Oh, I will. I will. You need to tell me when that happens, because <laughs> okay. if I'm not at that game, I will be front row and center to hear that happen. And hopefully okay, well, I'll figure <laughs> out when that's going to be. And I'll let you know. <laughs> hopefully that's probably not really want to see that. <laughs> yes. Hopefully that's very far off in the future because you do such a great job. And, and you. you know, like I said, we're very appreciative of this. Um, real quickly, I know we talked a lot about cheerleaders. You're involved with the Tiger Paws, too. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do to assist them that they might need? Um, just a lot of the same things behind the scenes. Like this weekend, they'll have um, tryouts. Mm-hmm. And Helen, their coach, will run it, but I'll help with whatever she needs. So I help with registration. I'm running a lot of errands. I'll pick up food for the judges. Um, on game days, um, I have a group of chillers and Tiger Paws that I take to my appearances, and then um, a big thing that I do for Chillers and Tiger Paws and I'll be program on game days is um, I set up food for them. Um, so I go to grocery store on Fridays and buy um, all kinds of snacks for them. And then um, I have Chick-fil-A for them at halftime. And we host the visiting cheerleaders and mascot as well. So um, game day I like to be the perfect hostess and make sure everybody eats and everybody's drinking water and Gatorades. Um, and then I like to have just some surprises for them and treats for them as well. And then um, the rest is a lot of kind of background stuff as well. You know, I go to all the appearance that they do and um, I play the music and tell them kind of what our program's going to be, what cheers we're going to do and what songs we're going to play so they'll be able to dance to them as well. And then um, I take a lot of pictures so that we can put them on our social media pages. Um, so a lot of it is kind of background work with what whatever Helen needs to support her with running the team and being their everyday coach. You do so much behind the scenes. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of other people that are involved too. But, uh, you know, I just, I, I don't know how you run uh, on that engine. You just, you have so much energy. <laughs> you know, I'm, you. I'm tired here just listening to you and everything that you have to be involved with on a game day, much less during the week. Uh, but it sounds like that it has been something that has been your life's work and something that you really, really do enjoy. Um, I do. Real quick, you said you hosted the, uh, or you host the visiting teams. Uh huh. There, I know you have to be the the face of hospitality, but is there any teams that tend to be a little less, you know, that you don't like to be as hospitable to? <laughs> no, we like to be 
welcoming and person to everybody. Um, it's actually kind of a tradition in the SEC that everybody does that. Okay. So whenever we travel, we will go to the locker room, visiting team, cheerleaders, and they'll have some food for us and drinks at halftime. So we all kind of do it. And we have our little group. Um, we have an SEC spirit coordinators group. And so we all are friends and know each other very, very well and, and talk compare our programs um, to make sure we're kind of all doing some of the same things. So uh, we want to welcome everybody to our and we want to beat them to death, but we can serve them some food and <laughs> welcome them on campus as well. See, this is how it should be. We should on the field, leave it on the field, but everybody, uh, when we, you know, and I think that is a testament, not just to you, your teams, but the Auburn family as well. And I can't tell you how many times I hear a story from an opposing fan or even someone that's not from the SEC that says, you know, I hear about SEC, SEC all the time. We think we're going to get there. Y'all going to be jerks. Y'all going to be awful. But Auburn is just different. Like, I've never mm-hmm. been walking down the street and been told to come over to somebody's tailgate. Here's some free food. You know, like, that's it's something I know that probably happens in different degrees elsewhere. But there's something different about Auburn. And, you know, it's hard to really put what that is. But I think part of the big reason why we're so unique and why we are the way we are is because of people like you and the teams that you uh, lead and help uh, kind of build the spirit, lead the spirit more or less in this. Um, what else from your Auburn story? Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you'd like to share about uh, your time? You know, I told a lot of people that um, when I first started this job, all I wanted to do, and I felt like I will have made it if I ever get to work a football national championship game and if we go to the final four that if that ever happens i'm probably going to retire because there's not going to be anything better than that right i've been fortunate that i've worked in two national championship games for football and went to a final four and got to cheer for the tigers so i'm not quite ready to retire but um, it's just kind of a dream come true that i get Mm -hmm. to do this every day and we get to cheer for our tigers while they you know really have just been at the top of college athletics um, several times. It's, it's just pretty amazing uh, what we get to do and the things that we get to be a part of uh, representing Auburn like we did. And I know that you value each of those experiences, but if you had to choose of the two national championships for football and the final four, which one's your favorite that you've been a part of? I would probably say the first national championship because you know, it was the first one we'd won since 57. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of felt all year like this is special and we're going to do something special. And, you know, having the chance to watch Cam every week, you just felt like he was kind of a once in a lifetime player. And I didn't think we were going to lose ever. Even when we were down so big in Tuscaloosa, and I thought to myself, not a big deal. They can score points pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So I hope they're ready for the second half because we're going to be ready and we're going to go out and win the game. So all year long, you just felt like this is it. Um, so I think that one, just because it had been the first one and he was a special player and you just felt something special in the atmosphere all year long. Yeah, they're, they're all special moments, but there was just something very unique about all that came together in that one season. Mm-hmm. And, and 
obviously result in what we're all so happy to celebrate uh, in this day. And obviously, you know, the 2013 one didn't end the way we wanted it to, and neither did the final four, but they're still, you know, equally special in their own ways. Oh, and for uh, sure. very jealous that you had a front row seat to all three of those things. <laughs> uh, amazing. Uh, we, you know, you watch those things on TV every single year. And then just to have your team be in it and to be right there, um, it's probably an experience, all of them, that I'll remember forever. Absolutely. And there are many more to come, probably, because, as you said, you better not be retiring anytime soon. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think we could get another one. We can get a championship in basketball, and um, we can get one in football and baseball and every sport we have. Absolutely. That should be your goal, is when we have a national championship in everything, that is when you could retire. <laughs> uh-huh. be- <laughs> that would be great. We get to go and cheer at the national championship celebrations every time we win one. So I like to cheer at a few more of those too before it's time for me to get in my rocking chair. Absolutely. Well, what I'd like to do with you now as we wrap up every show is a fun little questionnaire at the end. Uh, okay. where it's kind of a lot of this or that. Pick your favorite this. Uh, usually a little explanation is involved in some of these answers. Uh, but if okay. you're ready, we'll get started with that. Okay. All right. These are 12 questions. Your first question, orange or blue? Blue. Why blue? I just, I look better in navy than I do in orange. (laughs) (laughs) That's really it. That is the common theme that I've heard for the explanation of blue. Um, I don't know what it is. Like people just don't like the way they look in orange. (laughs) And there's so many different shades of orange too. Yeah. You can mix them up into some really gross ones, Tennessee. Texas. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Question two. I think I know the answer to this one, but we'll find out. Aubie or War Eagle? Oh, Aubie. Of course. I love the Eagle, but Aubie's the man. Yes. It, it's, you know, I would be shocked if you didn't pick Aubie over the War Eagle, um, but they're both unique and uh, special mascots to us. But especially with your ties, I would imagine the next meeting y'all had with Aubie would not go well if he heard this. Probably have his feelings hurt. Yes, we can't be having that happen right now. No. All right. Question three, your favorite part of the Auburn fight song? Phrase, word, whatever you like. What's your favorite part of the fight song? Go, go, go. Nice. Because you can say that real loud and everybody can remember that. <laughs> it's the easiest part, yes. And you, oh, that is, that is usually where you can hear, say that. Yeah, you hear people just j- get into that on that part. Everybody, you know, everybody's in on that one. Yes. Even if you don't know it all, you can figure out go, go, go. Uh, question four Your favorite Auburn athletics program. So, of all the sports programs, this is the one I would choose. If you can play favorites, I don't know. If yeah, you can. <laughs> I don't know, Kyle. That'd be hard to say because we cheer for a lot and I love them all. So I'm just going to have to plead the fifth on that one. They're all my favorites. In your, usually I push the issue, but in your case, I think I'm going to allow, I'll let it stand on that one. That would be great. <laughs> we, we try to treat all of them the same. Absolutely. Question five, your favorite Auburn athlete of all time, if you do have one. Oh, let me think. It would probably be Cam, like mm-hmm. everyone would say, just because he, his year was so magical. And I wasn't here when Bo and Charles Barkley were were students i was still in high school then so probably cam because you just you knew he was a special talent yeah and i think for cam too it's outside of just the talent obviously that's you know once in a lifetime athlete right there but for me it was almost his infectious personality mm-hmm. and it, it makes sense with you guys because as i've said you have a very infectious personality too and i 
I really admire that about him because it's one thing to be the big time athlete on campus and then just kind of shun everybody and just kind of do your thing and go. But he, you know, he went to schools and volunteered. Yes. I, I remember Cam coming to the store I worked at in Auburn and just palling around with me. He didn't know me from, you know, Adam. Mm -hmm. So that's something special that I think is really cool and unique about him. Yeah, you're exactly right. Question six. Do you have a favorite Auburn coach of all time? You know, it would probably be Coach Dye. Mm -hmm. Just because he was a legend um, before I ever got here. And then when I was a student, I got a chance to meet him a couple of times. And then um, when I came back to Auburn after I left freshman year, I worked in alumni as director of Auburn Club. So I had an opportunity to travel with him um, to a lot of club meetings and just to get to know a legend like him. Um, in person was amazing and he was so funny and said the worst words but he laughed <laughs> all the time and you just felt like you know you were in the presence of somebody who just was bigger than life yeah yeah we miss him very much and mm -hmm. you know obviously that was about a year ago now that was a, obviously a very sad day for the rest of the Auburn family the thing is though what he gave us is much more than just football wins he gave mm -hmm. us who we are. This, and, you know, obviously everybody in their own ways, you have uh, contributed to the um, spirit of Auburn. But I think as a coach, there's not many other um, out there that can say that they had this much of a stamp on who we are as the Auburn family, as Coach, uh, Coach Dye did. Mm -hmm. Question seven, your favorite non-athletics Auburn person. So it can be a family member. It can be a faculty member, a professor. It can be somebody that nobody would know but your favorite person auburn person outside of athletics dean foy okay dean foy um when i was a student my senior year i was in an organization uh, called cater society for senior women and one thing that we did every year is we went over to visit dean foy and so it was just neat to know him and to learn that he wasn't even an auburn grad he was an alabama grad but he was Auburn to so many of us as well. And um, the student center when I was a student was named after him. So just to spend time with him, like he's just the sweetest little old man you would ever be around. Um, but we got to do that every year, at least once, sometimes more, where we just spend time listening to his Auburn stories. Mm -hmm. He would probably be my favorite. Isn't it interesting how some of our favorite people in Auburn history never started as Auburn people to begin with? You're exactly right. It's kind of a funny trend. You're right. Yeah. Question eight, your favorite Auburn building on campus, off campus. If you can make a case for an Auburn building somewhere else in the United States, I'll take it. But your favorite <laughs> Auburn building. Sanford Hall. Um, you know, we have had the opportunity to go inside the clock tower a couple times so it's amazing and then probably my favorite thing to listen to is the fight song at noon on Sanford just to be downtown it just makes you feel like this is what Auburn is right here listening mm -hmm. to this fight song it's so pretty and then seeing Sanford and the people downtown and students sitting on the lawn um, it's just kind of it makes you feel like this is the most special place on earth it's a very reverent thing, too, because you'll see people playing Frisbee, studying, just having conversations. And then in an instant, it all stops and focuses on Sanford Hall. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously, this university is much bigger than athletics. And I think that right there is a signal of it, that 
we all focus on something not we don't focus on the football stadium in that moment we focus on mm-hmm. a, a building that represents the university as a whole but because if it didn't start with that we wouldn't all be here exactly. at least. and yet the sign is there too like when i was a student i thought the biggest deal in the world would be taking my picture in my cap and gown in front of that sign with sanford in the background and i think students still do that mm-hmm. but it makes you feel like I've been here four years and this is my moment. Yes. The funny thing is, is that you'll see a line to take a picture from that sign, even if graduation may be months away, but people are in there, you know, people who come visit campus are like, I have to have this picture. Not in front of the Heisman trophies or anything like that. Not the statues, on but this sign, this building represents this place. Mm -hmm. All right. We got a few more here. Question nine, your favorite Auburn place to eat. My favorite place is Niffers. Mm. Such a good one. Corn uh, nuggets. Love, do you like the corn nuggets? I do. I love corn. <laughs> and I like the grilled chicken salad that has Mexicali dressing. Mm-hmm. When I was a senior when my brother was a freshman and we got to go a lot to Niffers and um, then they had $1.99 hamburgers. So he always had his hamburger and I had my salad and we spend time together. Absolutely. That is not a bad thing to try in the house there in fact i'm gonna need to stop this call right now and drive to auburn right now (laughs) i know i might be going there for lunch (laughs) question 10 this is i think this is a tough one for you too um your favorite auburn tradition and i always specify this can be sports or non-sports related if you have like a weird personal auburn tradition we've had some of those but when i say this is my favorite auburn tradition what is it for you my favorite auburn tradition is probably a tie can i have a tie i will allow it Okay, a tie between Tiger Walk and Spirit March. Mm-hmm. Spirit March, you know, is that parade where Chiller's Tiger Balls marching band all be come in from four different sides and do a pet rally in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. Newer tradition since it hadn't been here as long as Tiger Walk, um, but it's just amazing um, to be able to do a pet rally there in the middle of the street and to do that parade in and see all the fans from all ages watching you do that and then tiger walk is just special and has been since my freshman year in 1989 and um, because you get to see the players and um, i like to look in their eyes and in my mind i can tell myself okay they're really focused today <laughs> Got that look in their eyes so i kind of feel like i know how the game's gonna go just because i looked in somebody's eyes and they were focused that day yeah um, I- but, Walk started here, and so everybody else in the country copied what we started here. Um, so that is all really special because the original is the best there is. I was about to say, there's a lot of copycats, copy elephants, copy bulldogs out there. There are. <laughs> They are, but they cannot do it like we can. And I'm so glad that you brought up the Spirit March, the Four Corners pep rally, because honestly, I, I know I've known about it and during my time at Auburn and since moving there. But in the last few years, especially I missed it last year with everything being mm-hmm. shut down. Um, that honestly has become it's up there in terms of my favorite traditions. And I try if the Wi-Fi is good to do a live stream of that for people online oh, every yeah. single time, because I, you know, so many people are there for the tiger walk and that's, and that is hundred percent understandable. I love it too. But once the, once the team leaves, once the athletes are gone, it's just us, the mm-hmm. Auburn family. And obviously they're a part of it too, but they've got some business to take care of. Uh-huh. It's just us. there, congregated together, the band, the cheerleaders, the tiger paws, the faculty, that's that that's a cool Auburn moment. 
It really is. It's just so special. I feel like um, we really get into the spirit of the day just right there because everybody's cheering and we all have the same goal just to cheer for our team and to win the game. It's amazing. Absolutely. Question 11. And these are my last two questions are usually my favorite ones. Uh, Your favorite Auburn memory. Gosh, I've had really so many great memories. I was about to say, this is going to be a tough one. (laughs) You you know, it probably would be just graduating from all, you know, coming from a small town and um, my entire family came and extended family members and uh, my grandparents were alive then. And um, I am very, was very close to them and have been since I was a little girl. And just to see everybody here um, to cheer for me as I graduated from Auburn and accomplished a goal that I had set, you know, so early in life. It was just kind of a magical day. We all went to Niffers afterwards and had dinner. <laughs> I got to pick the play, so I took everybody to Niffers, but it was just special. And um, they had a reception where um, your family and you got to meet the president. So after, you know, you got to shake the president's hand. And so it was just felt like a keep saying magical because there's been so many magical moments that um you know a personal achievement that was amazing and something that you know you just had to work really really hard for and it all kind of worked out yeah yeah you know it always goes back to family even in you know in those most special more intimate moments you know sharing that with your personal your intermediate family uh Mm -hmm. the completion of a journey that you have had since basically the day you were born (laughs) final question Describe Auburn to me in one word other than family. Spirit. 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 That would be a good one because everybody's so spirited and everybody loves Auburn. You know, honestly, if you had picked any other word other than that, I would have been a little bit disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it just fits. It does. It fits you. It fits us as the Auburn family, and it fits the university and the town as well. So thank you so much, Letitia, for sitting down with me and uh, telling us about your Auburn story. This has been one of, uh, obviously, I've enjoyed every one of them, but this has been a very special one for me to hear the voice, the the face behind some of our cheerleading, our, our Tiger Paws that we've had over the years. So thank you so much for sitting with me. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you. And we appreciate all the listeners out there checking out this story and many others here on Auburn Roots. And we'll be back on a new episode again very soon. Thank you for listening and War Eagle. War Eagle.